Hey everybody, welcome back to Remember to Floss. Welcome back. Wow, it is a weird week this week. Why is that? Just weather-wise, this has been the weirdest week in Columbus, I think. I mean, I've lived here for, I don't know, 15 years at this point, but this week has been bananas. We go from like 60 to, like the temperature climbed all week. Finally reaching the pinnacle of 78 degrees on Friday, and I'm in like a t-shirt and loafers, and then yesterday I wake up and it's like 35 and snowy. <laughs> Anyways, this week on Remember to Floss, we uh, have a really special guest. Every week is a really special guest, I say that every week, but uh, this one especially is one of the four that we recorded last week. Mm-hmm. Um, a really, a really interesting interview with Congo. Mm-hmm. From Made by NGO. That's right. Uh, Shout Yeah. He came in town last week for the Arch City Streetwear Flea. He flew in on Saturday and came, you know, came to the studio only hours after he landed, which much appreciated. Thank you so much. And today we'll we'll get to hear his story about how that brand started, um, what he's doing right now, how did he even get the brand um, off the ground and so on and so forth. So that'll be a really fun, uh, a really fun interview later. But um, speaking of fashion, Brandon and I are in this ongoing argument, and it is. I mean, if you guys, if you guys have any input on this one, you're more than welcome to email us. But this, this particular argument has gone for six months, if not it's been more. A while. It's been a long time. It it's t- never been it resolved. Continues to rage. It or continues to rage. There's like. New facts every time we talk about it. And truthfully, we talked to, I think, Khan and I think a couple other guests as well about this exact same issue after the mics had cut. Yeah. But we just never have recorded it or put it forward. I don't know why. Uh, to me, it's a great argument. So what what is the argument? Rita? So the thesis statement is whether or not Kanye West is a designer or is he merely an incredible stylist? And, and Brandon is going to be pro designer. I will be pro stylist. And this debate will not take long because you guys, it can go for hours. It, it's yes. really, it's really annoying, but kind of the, the boiled down version of the arguments we will have today. Yes. Uh, I, I will say two things. Uh, Rita did go to school for a fashion related degree, which she graduated um, but lots she of has, fashion history. She has a a, a very uh, specific perspective on it, and that's I, that I feel does color her interpretation of it. Um, but I will say two things: why we have this debate all the time. Um, one would be, uh, I previously have been a, a defender of Kanye and anything that he does uh, because. Basically, his uh, his rise in the music industry um, when I was a kid really, you know, inspired me. Um, I dropped out of college around the same time that the college dropout came out. Oh, uh, I mean, relevant. I was in a business when graduation came out. Uh, you know, I, I, his his career has kind of has moved along with with my life and he's been a great inspiration to me way before anybody really kind he's of knew an inspiration for a lot of people and i i think part of the reasons why is that he's defied all odds and that's that's kind of the big argument here is that you know and i don't mean to cut you off short but yeah. kind of to summarize it 
because we've had this argument so many times, yeah. is that the argument here is this man has defied all the odds from being a, you know, A1 producer, like, and people were like, you're not a rapper, you're just a producer, to yeah. where he is today as one of the elder statesmen of that industry. And now, you know, the fashion industry is is this other domain that he's trying to ba- break through. I mean, mm-hmm. and I understand that. The funny thing is, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but Kanye actually, prior to Yeezy season one, mm-hmm. had a women's collection, like a true women's collection. Yes. Yeah. And I don't remember where he showed it. I, it Paris, was so I long. believe. Was it in Paris? I'm pretty sure. And to be completely honest with you, I really liked it. And I think I was maybe the only one. Was there two lines of that? There was two seasons of that, right? I don't think so. We'll have to look into that. But they, I remember it specifically because I thought it was really beautiful. And it was, it wasn't like groundbreaking by any means, but it was yeah. beautiful. And I respect that. I respect people who don't just slap their names on things because we've seen, you know, the JLo's of the world that have a line and they just put their name on it, you yep. know, and they have no real input. They don't have any real input in the design. Yeah. We, we see a lot of that. They may and, just like yay or nay it, I guess. Right. Right. And, and, and then we see kind of the, the opposite of that, like the Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen's of the world who actually have a design line. And it's a high-end design line. Their names are nowhere on it. Mm. I mean, it's not even... Like, if you didn't know that they owned it, then you wouldn't know at all. Like, one's called The Row, and one's called Elizabeth and James. That's kind of more of their diffusion line. Nowhere are their names on it. Are they still doing it, by the way? They're still doing it. The Row, it it shows at New York Fashion Week every season. Mm. You know, and so... Is it popular? It is popular. Okay. It is popular. and And their biggest... My the reason why I love the row is because it's so minimal. Mm-hmm. It's minimal. It's clean lines. It's nothing showy. It's very understated. Okay, understated with a ridiculous price tag. But you know, whatever. Like that's that's what they sell is that luxury. So, mm-hmm. um. Anyways, so back to the, to that is like the the first Kanye West fashion show I really enjoyed because it was truly a thing of beauty. It wasn't just another musician famous person slapping their name on a label that he truly was a part of that collaboration and i really appreciated that do you feel like he was a designer then for that probably yeah i don't i don't Mm. really remember because that was so long ago Mm. but yeah i mean because now if you look at his collection from season one to where we are today i think it's season five mostly it's i don't know i just i don't think it's a design i think it's i think it's um, a collection of pieces that he put together, sure. you know, and I don't by any means want to denigrate him. I think everybody needs, everybody deserves that time to like explore their, their passions. And clearly Kanye really loves fashion and that, and that's great. But to call him a designer is, I think going one step too far, especially from season one through four five is actually an improvement, but one through four, I think, is more of a, an extra long, an extended music video for him. So, a show. So here, here is where where we differ. Uh, I well, let me preface this by saying I do not care for uh, most of the clothes that came out in Yeezy season. I don't own a single pair of Yeezys. Um, I 
uh, not a big fan of Off White either, as far as uh, Virgil is we'll concerned. We'll talk about Virgil later. Uh, it's, that's a whole other can of worms I don't want to talk about right now. But she's getting testy already. I can't uh, with him. But what I will say is, I defend uh, his right to be a a bad designer, and, and what yeah. I mean by that is, so Kanye, everybody when he was a producer. First of all, they didn't want him to be a producer. Like everybody was like, "Ah, your beats aren't that great." And then he got to he worked hard enough to the point where, and this is a kid from Southside Chicago. He's not somebody who had like all the benefits of somebody who would live in New York oh, or for L.A. Sure. For sure. This is somebody coming out of the Midwest, mm-hmm. like us, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, basically was like, "I'm going to be a producer," uh, but he really wanted to be a rapper. That's why he started making beats in the first place. So he he got grinded and got to the where he wanted to be with the, the producer part of it. He's like, oh, I rap too. And then we'd try to play it and people would be like, nah, you're not really good at this. Okay. And to be fair, in, most, in a lot of instances back then, especially early, early stuff, which I've heard, uh, it's not good. He's not a good rapper and he shouldn't have been rapping. But he kept going kept right. going kept right. going kept going and then his he, career today is a testament to his persistence that there's no argument here and now he's that. viewed at ghost riders or not which ghost riding is a whole other can of worms like you said so i'll leave that be but um ghost Rider or not he's one of the best deliverer of rap lyrics as it stands Agreed. currently Agreed. uh so no argument so there. he fought in his way from being somebody no one would let even touch a mic to being one of the top people in that field so mm-hmm. and I say all that to say so now he before any of this stuff really wanted to do design work but it, you know do you know how it's it's a much different price point to get into as far as music is concerned versus trying to get into fashion when oh, you're yeah. first starting out Oh for sure cuz there's a lot you have to have a lot of you have to have a specific amount of money to be able to get into that business because correct. you have to create prototypes you have to do fittings you have to yes. you know all this stuff and again like I mean, I think it's fair that you start the argument with who he is as his background as a as a musician and how he got to where he is today. There is no arguing that Kanye is one of one of the most influential artists out there today, mm-hmm. both in fashion, both in music and fashion. Mm-hmm. You know, like we always talk about how when we walk in the mall, these kids all have these oversized blush color sweatshirts yep. with matching shoes or whatever. And that is... Partly thanks to him. Yep. You know, we never saw that kind of seriously nude color palette. And that's all, like, well, I don't remember if it was season one or two, but that was it. That's all you saw. And for and you can still see that effect today. Yes. I even love that color and I hate blush pink. Mm-hmm. But today I'm like, oh, my God, I would totally buy a pair of shoes that color. Yep. You know, it's weird. And for me, but. Nobody is arguing his influence. Mm-hmm. What I am arguing is why I just I don't think he's a designer. I think that he is an expert stylist. I think he's an amazing forecaster. I think that's what he is. So and this, I was building uh, that goes back to my point. So everyone was like, you're not a rapper. Mm-hmm. You're not a rapper. Mm-hmm. And he was really bad at that. Mm-hmm. So now he's a, he wants to be a designer or he, he has always wanted to be a designer. And so now he's really following that pursuit. Mm-hmm. You're seeing Kanye rapper year one right now right and so he's going to continue to be bad and then get better mm-hmm. and then get better like you said season five is is better than yeah the other season four. five is definitely an it's improvement. going to keep going i've seen this movie before oh, right this is how the, but, right. and that's what i'm saying like you can call him not a designer 
But and what I will say too is I feel a lot of the people that feel like that are old guard uh, fashion people who a don't look at him because he's a celebrity. Don't look at him like he's really serious about a, a designer. A or that's one. Two. Uh, it's because he doesn't look like anybody else that uh, is So that was designing. one of our other arguments is that's like point three. I'm trying to like bullet point this so yeah. that we don't get lost in it. But the other argument that we that Brandon had was that in your in in the fashion industry today, do we see African-American straight man as a designer? And we haven't we don't there's not even really I mean, I hate to say it, but there isn't a straight man in the business in, in the industry today, except for Oscar de la Renta. And he's passed. Yes. Um, everybody else is is not. So, yeah. yeah. Does he have Does he have a bigger hill to climb? Sure, he does. You know, but um, I think a part of the reasons why we had this argument this mm. month, this time around, was because there was an article last month, right before um, New York New York, New York Fashion Week, mm. that uh, Kanye got into basically not a fight but like a disagreement with the cfda who puts on new york fashion week the council fashion designers of america and they got upset because kanye again decided to go against schedule not tell them when he was going to have his collection and just decided to do it on a thursday at whatever time yeah and the cfda uh director was like you can't do that people submit to be on the schedule Mm -hmm. so now you're going against whoever on the schedule. So now there's not that, you know, if you're doing it somewhere that's away from where most of the shows are in New York, it makes it harder for people to cover it, you know? And if you were, if Kanye West had a show at the same time as some unknown group of designer showing mm-hmm. at Milk Studios in New York, who do you think? the fashion magazines will send or where do you think those fashion mag- fashion publications will send their reporters to? They're going to send them to Kanye. I mean, yeah. regardless of not, we think he's a designer. He's still a famous person who mm. is doing. And again, like coming back to this point is that every single show he's put on from one through five season, one through five has been a spectacle and it's sure. great. It's great. The, the, the stage value is awesome. The production value is great. And he puts on a show. And that's part of the reasons why people go to those things, right? For sure. But going back again to the argument of if you put him, if he decides he wants to show at 5 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, side by side or against these, maybe some unknown designer who's put everything on the line to show at New York Fashion Week so that the Anna Winters of the world can go see them. Mm-hmm. Where do you think the Anna Winters of the world are going to go to? For sure. And, and, and I, that's I will... my biggest problem with Kanye is that mm-hmm. he's trying to always go against the grain, but then he doesn't think about what that does to people that are actually, that are, that doesn't have the resources that he has to get to where he is today. Yeah. You know, like we talk about how he's persistent and he's come from nothing and that's wonderful. And that's, and most of those kids probably do look up to him and say, if he can do it, so can I. Mm-hmm. But then you can't you can't then forgive him for doing what he's doing. Well, what he wanted to do, which was just go against schedule and just put where his show wherever he wanted to. And then maybe to the detriment of these younger designers who don't have mm-hmm. the pull that Kanye does. Yeah. You know, uh, and. 
I, I think that that's a super fair point, and that's uh, a, a point that, you know, if he was a, a young guy starting out, too, he would probably definitely uh, feel a way about that. I, I will say, too, I don't know the relationship that that group has with him, too, and if this is just a one in a long list of issues that they've had but back and forth between each other because again maybe they look at him like you're not really a designer you're just a celebrity or why are you even trying to do this you don't belong here this this isn't for you uh for a number of reasons be they uh now remember kanye is maybe one of the only quote-unquote celebrities mm -hmm. that has a fashion line that can draw the amount of publications yeah uh, like legitimately like when you look at when you look at the people that go to his shows it's mm -hmm. all these people that you would only see at i guess quote unquote a traditional fashion show mm -hmm. you know and that's a testament to who he is you know he he internet lv he has these close relationships with these people in paris and does he want to be absorbed into one of to be one of them sure he has all the makings of being accepted in that industry. And I think if he just stopped fighting it so much and just like file your paperwork with the CFDA, get on the schedule like the rest of like the rest of the world that's trying to show, maybe you wouldn't get such a pushback. He's been trying to get into fashion though, it my thing is since college dropout. Like he's been trying to do it for a very, very, very long period of time. And I wonder how much of this is build up Oh, like for sure. uh, he and him raging against the fashion he's raging, industry. He's raging against everything, per usual. Well, hey, that's uh, and that's the other thing about Ye is that uh, he's the type of person who builds up goodwill and then destroys it, and then tries to work back from it and gain everybody back on his side, and then destroy it again. That's how his creative cycle works. Look at it historically; like yeah. that's how he's always worked. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm kind of on the outs with him right now, but uh, I still dis defend his right to be a crap designer like i may not like any of the things he ever puts out i think that's a really valid any piece that's a like, really valid point he, he is not only is he an important person to have in this space just because there's nobody else that's like him in that space but also you know he why does he not get the same rights that uh blank designer same chances that blank designer gets just because of all the factors that you know people may have against him coming into that industry. But what works against him also works for him. I would agree with that too. That's that's the thing is like you can see it as that it's working against him, mm -hmm. but you also need to see that it also works for him. Who he is and who his extended family is and the type of crowd that he brings in for his shows. Sure. He has again the resources that some of these younger designers do not have and I think that that needs to be um you need to consider that mm. specifically for this this argument with the CFDA like that's something that you should consider yeah. um again like this argument will rage on until he creates the my twisted dark fantasy fashion of show <laughs> yeah. where we're like okay he is a designer you know and like Brandon said I have a more I have a more classic approach to design in terms of I took a lot of fashion history classes. That was my major in college. Well, mm. fashion history isn't my major, but I took a lot of those classes in college. I, I'm a student of that, of that field, and I I look at designers very closely. And 
it's really tough to call somebody like Kanye a designer or Virgil a- Abloh as a designer when you are putting him in the category of the Alexander McQueens who are artists. Like the there's sh- you don't see that shit anymore. You know, you look through the Alexander McQueen book and you're like, wow, that that's a designer. Like you take something that you didn't even think about. You didn't think about, you know, and and you put it in somebody's face and they're like, wow, that is fucking mind blowing. You know, and well, why, say, why won't you let him get to that space? I mean, he's already done work that like oh, you not, said is a spectacle. I, I'm not saying that like, I don't like, let do you it think get McQueen, to that space. Do you think McQueen didn't have shitty designs when he first started out though too? His shitty designs are still cool though. I, I mean, mean again, you, again, again like you could argue again like McQueen him. is McQueen was, sorry, rest in peace, McQueen came from a design school. So that's I guess the 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 differentiation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I have no problems with Kanye having a fashion line. I have, really don't. If I can buy his shoes and resell them for 15 times its price, I will do it day in and day out. I have no problems with um, him trying. I really don't. I think it's I think it's great. I mm. think it's great. I just don't think he deserves that title yet. You hear how she said, I think it's great. That's what people say when they don't think it's great. No, I do. I do. <laughs> do would I wear some of that stuff? Absolutely not. If, I, but if you saying. gave it to me for free, I might. But... I, yeah, this I, is also from I, somebody who bought Yeezy Tour merch, too. I totes love Yeezy Tour merch. Let's and be real. wears it consistently. I'm hoping that in, like, 20 years it'll be, like, a piece of museum art. But, um... But, again, so then you feel like that about the tour merch, but you don't feel like that about the the Yeezy seasons? That that doesn't make I sense. Don't, I, I don't... I don't feel anything about it. I don't think they're, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. I think on the right person it looks really good. For sure. I think he's got some really great pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a designer. I not yet, not yet, man. Like I'm gonna let him grow into it. My my, my problem is that that word, as far as like, I don't think he's a designer. Like you can be a shitty designer and still be a designer. Sure. Like, if you're sure. taking a piece of cloth and being like, I want to do this with it, that kind of makes you a designer just by the dictionary version of what that word means. So this argument will rage on. I, I'm i still on the corner of I don't think he deserves that title yet. Um, Neither I think one of us will move. I think he's a curator. I think he's an amazing curator. Um, I think he's an amazing stylist. I think he has a great group of stylists with him. Um, I think he has a platform to become a great designer, and I think he'll get there um, just based on his history of being extremely persistent and being a student of that world, mm-hmm. I think he'll get there. But for now, I, I'm not in that camp yet, and and that's okay. That's okay, because he'll continue to do what he will do, and the Kardashians of the world will continue to wear it, and so will everybody else that can afford it. And that's cool. And, you know, and I hope that by season, maybe hopefully like season six, Mm-hmm. It'll be something completely different. I mean, season five had denim. I mean, yeah. that's pretty impressive. People don't do... I mean, I shouldn't say people don't do denim. They do a lot of denim, but I didn't expect to see that from him. And so, sure. and so, like Brandon said, to validate that argument, this is only, you know, year one, accumulatively, of Kanye being a designer. Like, we will continue to see him grow. 
Mm-hmm. And that's great. But till, till Ben, like, I'm going to continue to call him a stylist. I think he's an incredible one. Don't be on the wrong side of history. Like, the, everybody who was like, Kanye's not a rapper. They're on the wrong side of history now. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I'm, I said, I'm not saying he's not a designer, period. I said mm-hmm. he's not a designer yet. Mm-hmm. I, I'm keeping an open mind. I'm okay. keeping an open mind. Which is better. This is progress. This is better than we've had before. But we look forward to hearing what everybody has to say about this. Yeah. If you uh, fall in, in my camp or not. We, you we know, have really strong feelings about should, this. You should and, fall in my camp. Um, shut up, Brandon. <laughs> but, um, if you guys have any other differing opinions or if you validate Brandon's argument, if you validate my argument, or if you have a separate argument completely, I'd love to hear it. Um, maybe it'll be a tiebreaker for us. It's going to be on, or not it's going to be on, but you can email that to us at hi at rememberdefloss.com and also right. rememberdefloss.blog. Social at media. gmail.com. All that good stuff. Um, we also have a Facebook page. If you guys are still on Facebook, if you haven't deactivated your Facebook post-election, we are on Facebook. It is facebook.com backslash remember to floss. Um, please like the page. We'll post um, different arguments up there as well. And I'll Instagram even... and Twitter coming too. We're just trying yeah. to work out. I, ha- I have to fight with somebody on Instagram for the, rem- for the rem- remember to floss handle because... There's some dude that has that handle, hasn't posted anything, has like 40 followers. We're coming something. for you, bro. So I've already, I have already texted him or I've already DM'd him and I'm, I'm waiting for him to be like, sure, you can have it. So yeah. we'll see. But anyways, coming up next is our interview with Khan of uh, the Made by NGO um, fame, I should say. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, well, we didn't ask him that question, whether or not Kanye is a designer or is a designer. That's for the next time. Yeah, because that was like already a two-hour interview. And, you know, we ha- we're leaving it up to the people now. So it's not it's just in your hands. Up. It's all in your hands. That's right. But coming up next is, uh, is Khan. All right. But we have a good friend of ours in the studio. The man was... Con- Coming in out of the town. Man, so like, flew in from Philadelphia and right into the yeah, studio. I'm feeling real good about that. Yeah. Uh, what's going on, Con? Yeah. Uh, it's been good. Yeah. Um, just, just enjoying this weather for real. Oh, my it's gosh. Been, it's been kind of crazy because <clears throat> I, uh, I was in New York last week for Fashion Week. Yeah. It was cold. Mm-hmm. And then when we get back to Philly, it started warming up. And then it got cold. <laughs> and then it's beautiful right now. So yeah. it's amazing. Right on, right on. You come home and then, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was funny because everybody's like, damn, you're leaving the time when it's going to be like 65 degrees this weekend in Philly. And I was just like, it's going to be 65. (laughs) I I didn't know. I'm like, Ohio is weird too. So I might mess around and come back in a blizzard or something, you know? (laughs) You never expect anything out here. It can still happen. Yeah, 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 exactly. I'm convinced that it's not going to happen. And Brandon's like, no, we're going to get a blizzard in a week from now. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I've lived here long enough to know that that's that's the situation. So it is what it is. So we invited Khan into the studio because he is one of the people in Columbus who successfully managed to launch a clothing brand made by NGO. I'm sure um, all of you that are listening have heard of this brand. It's also on... It's mostly sold online, right? You don't, you don't, you no longer have a brick and mortar. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But you're also going to be at the Arch City uh, Streetwear Fleet tomorrow here correct, in Columbus. Correct, so, yes. um, we want to talk a little bit about how you got started down that path because you're not only running your own business, but you also are working for somebody else right now. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so what got you started into the design world? What inspired you that you wanted to do clothes? Uh. 
Man, the story is actually really long. Um, <laughs> that's what that's what a podcast is for, man. That's what okay. We'll edit. It's fine. Yeah. So in high in high school, I was always known for the kid that like, uh, you know, really inspired through like Dipset and Cameron okay. at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was painting T-shirts, customizing tees. Uh, like it was crazy because I used to just go place orders and meet up with people. This is different back then because we didn't have social media. Yeah. You know, it was like right. word of mouth. Like I'll go to like the boom or I'll go to the fair. Or I'll, I'll go somewhere and I'll okay. meet up with somebody and I'll just always wear like a custom outfit I make. And they're like, Hey, Very what cool. up, bro? I want to, I want to play something. Mind you, I was really young. Yeah. And, um, it was kind of like my go-to way to get money. Okay. You know, so. Wow. So what age was this? Oh, shit. Oh, I was like 14, 15. Wow. That's really awesome. Young, though. Wow. Yeah, like, you know, if you guys even know who Sugar Ray is, he's uh, a, 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 like a legendary airbrush guy. Okay. In the uh, city. And uh, I remember he would tell me like, yo, you inspire me, bro, to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like confused. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I remember you said... He's a young boy, like you used to just hop out the the bus and go to city center and meet with your your little customers. And I used to watch you, because he had a printing booth inside the city center. Oh, oh wow. my gosh, city yeah, center! Yeah, yeah. So he literally would just was like, I I see you doing this, and I, I asked myself like, this is something I'm doing. I see this kid running around here selling t-shirts, and it just kind of I don't know what it was, but he honestly told me it inspired him to keep going with airbrushing. And right to this on. day, he he still continues to do that, and he's doing That's a great awesome. job with it. That's yeah. wild that, like, as a that young, you're already inspiring other people that were already doing it. Yeah. That's wild, man. Yeah, as I, you know, I'm an adult now, so when he tells yeah. me now, I'm just like, no, you're not you're not serious, are you? And it's, it's crazy <laughs> because he he really took Airbrush into uh, a level where he was making more money besides paying just T-shirts. He was right. doing, like, graduation banners. He's doing corporate gigs. And, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah. it's dope what he's doing. Diversify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. So you went to CCAD. Correct. Uh, fashion design, right? Yes. And you graduated in? Uh, 2013. Okay. So post-graduation, uh, most people that graduate from that program, they normally get gigs, whether with a local company here in Columbus, which we have a lot of local fashion companies, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, what, what was your next step when you graduated? What did you, what, for you at that moment, what was your ideal next step? So, after graduation, um, a lot of things came into reality for me. Right. You know, um, I had a lot of frustrations going to CCAD. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the fact that I was the, you know, uh, shout out to my boy Dax. But besides Dax and me, we were like the only two straight guys in this program. Okay. So, our freshman year was really fun because we got this foundation year and mm-hmm. you're just hanging out with like all the homies, you know, people mm-hmm. that doing, you don't know who's in the foundation year it's just like a, a freshman year of all a collective right. of artists and you create a click like you know you have your certain friends and mm-hmm. you're like you know hey yo yo watch the game or hey did you you know you see the latest things that came out whatever you just got boy talk you know mm-hmm. like everybody just talk about random things girls or whatever and then by sophomore year i entered a fashion program and i was just by myself like i, I remember i used to go to class and not speak to no one because mm-hmm. it was kind of different it's all these girls it's chitter chatting and stuff like that so right but it was cool. Uh, you know, by junior year, I think uh, I had this professional, Mr. Hurley. He challenged me. Uh, we were we were making aprons. It was like our first actual piece we made uh, after we learned all these song techniques. And then I, I looked at Mr. Hurley like, yo, I like Mr. Hurley. Like, um, 
like all these girls are just making aprons, but it's like really like hearts and flowers because he gave us some pattern. <laughs> he gave us some patterns. Okay. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to make a like a harp shaped apron or any of that type <laughs> of stuff. <Yeah. clears throat> and you know, Mr. Hurley, uh, he was just like, well, well, go ahead, make make a manly apron. I don't, I don't care. Just make an apron. I'm yeah. Like, all right, cool. So I killed it. I made this dope apron. You know what I mean? Right. Like a manly apron. It yeah. had like. Desert camo, it was like cool. dark navy canvas. <laughs> nice. And it had like so, yeah. it had like an insert where you can slide in like a belt, like instead of having a lace. It was really cool. It was like one of my one of my favorite pieces. Uh-huh. You still have that piece, by the way? Yeah, but you know, sometimes yeah. my mom wear it, you know, like, around the house. <laughs> it's funny. You're like, man, yeah. I made that for me. What are you doing? Exactly. So yeah. uh I think what happened then was it, it kinda triggered something for me. Okay. And I was just like, uh, well, this is something I did, and I'm learning. Everything we learned was just pretty much women's. Like, we've learned how to make uh, blouses, darts, like, working with darts, and, and just pretty much making women women's clothing. Women, women's clothing. Yeah. Was that a challenge coming from your background? <laughs> I mean, especially, not only, uh, like, because you were doing, like, tees before, but, like you said, you're a straight male in a, a business. Yeah, female-dominated. Uh, yeah, so, what, yeah. it was kind of weird because, uh, actually, I knew, like, this girl named Tina and... Uh, Olivia, mm-hmm. and they were consider, like they were considered like the moms of the of the program because okay. uh, Tina was like thirty, I think she, at the time she was like thirty two, thirty four, mm-hmm. and Olivia at the time was like twenty eight, twenty nine. Okay, and at the time I was twenty one or twenty two. Okay, whatever. so uh, hanging out with Olivia and Tina, like they showed me how to thread the machine after classes, and they you know they kind of showed me little hints in there and stuff like that, but. Uh, it was a challenge because you're sewing, you're you're working on patterns, you're, you're like you're drawing patterns and you're making everything. Yeah. Uh, so. Which has a, not to like put it on tears, but like there's a large difference between somebody who can sew and somebody who just correct. does like graphic tees. Yeah, yeah, or something correct, along correct, those lines. correct. Yeah. So I mean that's super impressive. And what made you want to keep with it? Like in terms of was it just like I really love this, even though this isn't what I did in the past. Like I just want to keep kind of going. I think with it's it's. It comes as when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I'm born in Vietnam, so mm-hmm. my dad was in the Vietnam War and everything mm-hmm. like that. And my mm-hmm. mom would tell stories about how she used to make cool little outfits for my brothers and sisters mm-hmm. when they were younger. And she, you know, and it was just kind of, I don't know, it's just one of those things where even when I was doing women's clothing, after that apron challenge, I I literally took it to heart. I took uh, my time, ran out books, mm-hmm. man, like uh, menswear patterns books. and Nice. And then I also had a session with denim, like working with raw denim. And um, yeah, so I I took all the knowledge that I was learning and also uh, took time after class and, and worked on right. what I really need to do because I felt like uh, it was just one of those things where I wanted to work on right. and get better. Well, so your, coll- your final collection, and I remember yeah, yeah, your remember, final yeah, collection, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was menswear. Yeah. And is that normal for CCAD? Be- uh, like, because I haven't, I've been to a couple of CCAD fashion shows, correct. and I don't think I've ever seen like a strictly menswear collection. Yeah, I, I think with what uh, me and Dax did was we were like the first two, one of the two guys, two straight guys that just straight up went for uh, menswear. menswear. Um, but I think the biggest challenge of what I did, uh, I, I took my my uh, my collection was called like the uh, like. Working men. It's based on like workwear. Right. It's based on the blue collar state of Ohio. Like right. you know, you're you're kind of. I had a jumpsuit that uh, symbolized mechanics. I had an overall that symbolized, uh, uh, you know, uh, lumberjacks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So mm-hmm. 
it was challenging. Uh, my collection was very difficult because I was working with raw fibers. Um, my first time, I actually was gonna make something for class. I I actually made a pair of jeans for Larry Robertson when he came into school. Nice. Oh, he was, yeah, he was doing a fit. He was he was one of my fit models, my guest fit models. Cause mm. we didn't have no fit uh male fit models in there. Right. That's so hilarious. yeah, so the, the the jeans was was horrible. They did not fit them. The waist <laughs> did not fit. The waist stretched and everything, and it was challenging. Is you think the, the you think I'm making a pair of pants would be easy because it just seems like it's easy, but yeah. it's really not, I've especially with yeah working with, working raw fibers is, yeah. is tough because right. you got to grade down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I had to I start realizing like that that makes sense when I go to milk bar buy some APCs. Right. I'm normally a thirty, but I usually buy a twenty eight. Right. So I was like, yeah. oh okay. I know why. So right. I started working on that. And then by my senior year, all the waistlines on my denim, all my models fit to a T. Wow. Um, my jumpsuit was amazing. Overalls was amazing. So I remember that. that was, yeah. It was a really great collection. So I took a lot sure. of pride in the fit more than anything. Like the construction was amazing. Like I love sewing. Like I make sure I put a lot of details into that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the thing about me is that I always figure out something. Like right. every year I want to do something better. Um, if there's something I can use to help my advance what I need to do, I will do that. So right. the summer of sophomore year going to junior year, I realized we had these Juki industrial sewing machines. And I figure like, you know, we at nighttime we have to leave at by midnight and mm-hmm. sometimes if it's like super packed, uh everybody's crunching to get their work done. You know, you got that special one that you like, but sometimes it's always gonna be taken. Right. So um uh, I got on Craigslist and I found uh a guy that did upholstery in Mansfield. Okay. He had an extra sewing machine, but he was selling his single needle to get a twin needle because he uh, he had the the machine I bought was actually in his garage and it was like his backup machine. Okay. So whenever his machine at his shop was down, he would mm-hmm. use that one. So he barely used the machine. So I bought the machine off him for four fifty, and it was the probably the best investment ever. I still have the machine with me in Philadelphia, so it's That's just like okay. it's still there with me. Like I mm-hmm. use that all the time. So sometimes I would literally get my assignment and I peace out. I used to leave class and I used to just chill and then go home and sew all night. And yeah. It, it, it really advanced everything because you have the machine there at your, at your own will whenever you want to use it. So mm-hmm. whenever you want to put a pocket or finish up some assignments, it was just right there for me to use. Do you, right do you just do it like, uh, I don't know, to relieve stress or something along those lines too? Or uh, is, is it more just like when you have an idea, you throw I mean, it down? It was crazy because throughout my um, my whole time at CCAD, I was going through like a relationship, mm-hmm. and it was, you know it was really tough. It was it was, it was one of one of the most uh, difficult relationships I ever balanced, due to my ex girlfriend, you know, at the time. But she had like a sickness; she was like bipolar and stuff. Right, right. So you should you should just trip about everything. Right. Um, and and I, plus, like, like you your said, school schedule is also oh all over God. the place. Yeah, like I remember, I used to go. I I had class at eight, and we on like a Thursday was like my toughest day ever. Like we have class at eight and I'm grinding like three hour classes all the way to six forty five, then I get a break. And then we got a class at no no, I'm sorry, six twenty, then I have a break and then right. we have mm-hmm. class at six uh forty five all the way to like nine o'clock, which is our uh it's pretty Jesus. much our class that kinda got us together to put our portfolios and resume and stuff right. like that. But yeah, my whole day was just like burnt. So on top of that, dealing with that, like trying yeah. to deal with the relationship shit, and then just also work, it was really tough. Like I, it was very, very challenging for real. Of so, course. Like they make, they, you know, CCAD. That's what they do. They break you down. <laughs> they they physically break you down right. mentally, physically, because you know when you're in a work world, 
I experienced like I experienced my little night like you know my we'll go into that later but I experienced some little late nights in the corporate world mm-hmm. and um it wasn't shit to me to be real with you because you've already yeah. you've already been through yeah. maybe one of the worst well, some ones. People, some people sit there and they complain about having to be there late and I'm like yeah I mean I'm complaining too but I think the the good thing about uh, where I'm currently as Urban Outfitters is that they hire I, that's one thing I really can say about Urban Outfitters they go out there wearing they hire talent. Right. And sometimes when you hire people that's not from there, um, it's a good thing because they don't really got shit to do. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so they like, have that drive. They're not like built into it. Like, yeah, oh, like, if you're from, like, let's just say I work in Columbus mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, shit, I got, I got some shit. I got to meet with my friends or I got right. dinner. I got something going on. Right. Yeah. You'll always find an excuse to leave work exactly, a little early. Exactly, right. or you know what's going well, on. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, you're removed from it. It's like a uh, ball player. Like, if they're at yeah, home, yeah, yeah. home, like D. Rose, like maybe when he was in Chicago, Chicago. it wasn't a great situation exactly. for him. Yeah, which, yeah. I mean, you get that. Yeah. yeah. But So, post-graduation, um, you didn't go straight into a corporate job. No, no. So, what? Um, you? when did you actually start MADE? Okay, so the story with MADE was really like, it's really weird. Um, so Made by NGO is really simple. Um, I, every assignment I've ever done at CCAD, I just put Made by NGO on, on my assignment. Okay. So everybody knows that's like, that's kind of shit right there. Okay. <clears throat> Even like the patterns so we had to review everything. Mm. Um, so I told myself like my primary focus is education. Mm-hmm. I did not want to start anything. I, I just, I don't want to do that because I feel like I'll create a buzz or something and I'll get sidetracked from what I really need to do is right. graduate. Yeah. And CCAD was tough. Like I had a, I had like, I was on a scholarship and mm-hmm. when you're on a scholarship, you got to be, you had a partial scholarship. So it wasn't full ride or nothing. It was partial. Right. So expensive. You had like, to be on your, on yeah, your P's and Q's I, yeah, all the time. Af- yeah, I could not afford to fail class because CCAD is like, it's, it's an animal. You fail class, you got to wait till next fall to retake the whole class. Cause it's like right. a one year program mm-hmm. for most, most of the classes. Um, so one day, uh, I started making these jackets at the time and then I, I had a gallery hop at So Classics mm-hmm. and, um, it was cool. I had a good turnout mm-hmm. and I wasn't really pushed away from that at the time. I was just like, you know what? This is cool. Some custom jackets I did. Uh, let me focus. This is, let me get back to what I really need to do. Right. Let me finish school. <laughs> exactly. So I think what it was in my junior year, an official one of the official first made pieces that I uh, launched was a hat, a uh, Floral America hat that I dropped at uh, at Milk Bar. Okay. And it was a really like next level hat. Like I had like this full print in the front brim. I had this floral high flag. It was like I went all out. Somehow uh, the hat maker dudes, man, there's a long story with that too, but the guys, <laughs> I met some dudes in LA that made a hat for me. And they, they was like, oh, we can't afford the embroidery, but we might have something else for you. I'm like, all right, cool. And um, he did some dye supplement thing. They put this patch on the hat. It was really cool. I was like, oh, shit. He actually got the full image on the hat. And at the time, I didn't know how to price the hat. And I did only a limited amount. I was, uh-huh. you know, I was talking to uh, my boy Lee, which, you know, go by Veda now. He was like, Bro, selling for a hundred. I'm like, bro, I'm, that's too much, bro. For a hat, yeah. Yeah, but, so I mean, with that level of, I yeah, yeah. So out of nowhere, I was like, fuck it. I'll sell them for sixty five. Let's see how this do. So I brought them to Kareem. I was like, yo, I'm gonna sell these for sixty five. Kareem was like, you serious? I was like, yeah. Like I'm just gonna. Why sell can them. I totally hear Kareem's voice in my head too? <laughs> exactly. Because you know like, that. Yeah. Exactly so he's like, yo, are you, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, sixty five. Let's let's try it. And then um, he's like, all right, well. 
Let's see. We'll see if it even sells for 65. I was like, all right, we'll see. I mean, it's kind of high for a hat, so we'll see. Was it like a bet thing? Like, we'll see. All right. <laughs> you know, it's just Kareem. You know how he is. He he just got this little whatever. He's like the, he's like the he's like the big brother that, that have all the answers. Yeah. And you try to challenge him with something. He's just like, all right, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> so it's funny I'm because right. I called Kareem like two days later. I'm like, yo, what's up? What's up with my hats? Are they moving? Like, can you just at least tell me I have one that's so? Yeah. He's like, dude, you have one left. I was like, oh. And how shit. many did you drop? Uh, twenty four. Wow, that's awesome. That quick, too. That quick. So, yeah. I mean, at the time, it was kind of like... When I first did the So Classic stuff, or even when I did the stuff with Kareem, I felt like I took a break from everything. Um, People didn't really know who I was at. You know, when you go to CCAD, it's like... You got a homie that's joining fraternity. You're never going to see them in the scene. Right. I was never partying. I was just, like, out of the scene for a while. And I told myself, like, yo, if I release these hats and it's successful, then it's going to give me a reason to keep going mm-hmm. but if i flop and just i don't make no profits whatsoever i'm just gonna relax mm-hmm. um so then i did a ohio love pop-up at milk bar again um it was kind of funny because kareem again he challenged me i was gonna do a, i was gonna rent a spot out do a pop-up and i know at the time i was in college i didn't really have like the craziest amount of funds so i told kareem like yo let me do a pop-up bro and he's like well, we're trying to take all these percentages. I'm like, bro, work with me. Like, I'm trying to make some money so I can get this stuff going, you know? Yeah. And then out of, out of nowhere, I was talking to uh, Kev, Kevin that used to work at Soul Classics. And I was telling Kevin and, and JD and them, like, literally right next door about how uh, I found this other spot down the street that they, they let you rent. Um, they, I forgot what it was. But they, they let, they'll let you rent the whole day for, like, 250 or something like that. Wow. It's like an abandoned mm-hmm. spot. This is when Soul Class. I mean, Short North is not what it is now. Yeah. yeah, this is when Milk Bar and Soul Classics were side side by side. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Kareem was. So then JD was like, "I think that's a better like JD." And Kevin was like, <laughs> I think you should run out the spot, bro. Kareem's. I don't know about that. So Kareem's like, "What? What? What y'all say?" What y'all say? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I can hear him say that now. So I know. I was like, Kareem, fuck it. Let me let me do a pop up on a Thursday. I'll give you a hundred dollars. He's like, All right. I don't. I don't even think anybody's gonna really come out on Thursday. But all right, whatever. Aww. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna challenge you again. Yeah. Um, successful pop out. I had homies from, at the time, uh, Veda was doing an event down, the street, and later on that night, and uh, I had the pop up. We had homies from Kentucky pull up. Wow. Uh, we had you know Floyd, of course, from Cincinnati. Right. The Cincinnati crew pulled up. At homies in Cleveland pulled up. I literally brought out like homies in Dayton. It was crazy. I just so many people that came to support on a Thursday. Right. So, Did you sell out? Uh, I made a nice amount. Nice, <laughs> very nice. So I made a nice, nice yeah. amount, and it was a good startup for everything. And it yeah, just, especially being in college because I. Like, I don't know how I even I don't know how I lived the lifestyle I did when I went to CCAD. Like to this day, I ask myself, how did I live that lifestyle? <laughs> you, do you mean just like the time, or like how much money you were spending, or what do you mean? By yeah, that? just you know, like that bad breakup I had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shit, I just went on some fucking. I went and bought a brand new car. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I was spending. I was buy- I remember the du- Well you weren't in the relationship anymore, so you could you could yeah. buy a car. You have that extra <laughs> amount of money to go spend, right? right? It was just dumb. Like to this day as I got older, I'm like, why did I do that? You know? <laughs> I remember I I dropped like a thousand dollars on like some shoes in like a week and I was eating sushi like every day. It was just stupid shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
And even my classmates like, Khan, like, what are you doing? What are you? You need to slow your roll. I was like, they just didn't know how I was getting these funds. But just the mentality of me as a child, even start on fifth grade, moving to a new neighborhood. Like, I remember I, my sister had a box of uh, sneaker bars. I took it to school. And you sold them. And I sold them. Nice. I had, I, had, I had, like, the kids working for me. Like, look, you can either make a box. <laughs> You either make a dollar or I'll give you a candy bar. And then the next day they had like this medium either to expel me or not. And I found found out that you can't sell stuff in school. Oops. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but oh, as, yeah. yeah, but as you get older. You just figure it work around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we used to do the, uh, the there was like a specific kind of lollipop. Yeah, and we yeah. would flip them on the bus because bus was, that yeah, was a free yeah. zone. <laughs> Couldn't do anything about that. In middle school, I remember they yeah. used to do pixie sticks and stuff. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the time, as I got older as a dot, I realized I was... It's really bad what I did. <laughs> because you got to think about it. Like, in elementary school, these kids are getting a full fucking meal, like a lunch for like a dollar twenty-five. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about they're getting their milk, they're getting an apple, they're getting like a whole meal. And and you're selling them a Snickers bar. Yeah, and I'm like finessing <laughs> these little kids. Because I'm in the fifth grade, and I'm finessing these kids to spend their money on a candy bar instead. So what I come to realize was that a lot of parents were going home reporting like, why did my... Guilt. Guilt have a Snickers. You bar. have a lot of guilt <laughs> right now. <laughs> what if my child come home hungry? It's free market, man. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, my child shows. came home in a sugar crash. You didn't yeah. make them buy the Snickers. Yeah. You just brought it into the, the zone. Yeah. That's all. Uh, okay, so yeah. fast forward. Okay. Where you are today? Mm-hmm. When did you decide to make a full line for made? So you started with hats. Yeah, the customized uh, jacket. I got one right behind you too. Like one the of the blue ones, like underneath that other oh, one. That's my favorite hat. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a dope one. I think what it was is that um, I know my capabilities as a designer. Like mm-hmm. I know how to make patterns. I can sew. I can do all that stuff. But at the time, I was just like, "What can I do for the time being when I'm out of school?" Right. Um, so again, de- dealing with CCAD, it was crazy. I uh, graduated, had an interview with A&F right afterwards. They, I was like one of their selectives because they see me on a fashion show. Um, interview didn't go to where I wanted it to be. Uh-huh. Um, but I think everything happens for this reason. Of course. So at the time, I was like, I was never, I'm not ever really, uh, I'm not cocky or none of that stuff. I don't right. walk around. like Even to this day, people ask me, tells me all these amazing things that I'm doing. I never let that get to me because I feel like when you let that get to you, you kind of get you 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 lost lose sight of what you really need to do. So I'm very confident. I'm not arrogant. I'm just very confident. So you know I, what you're good for. Yeah. So when I graduated, I was like, man, fuck these companies. I don't want to work for like these these brands here. You right. know what I mean? I don't. No disrespect. going to treat you like no disrespect boy. to anyone that yeah. works for those brands. Right. Because I fucked up. I learned. I learned a valuable lesson of of my arrogance. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember it came down to it where I had an interview for Lane Bryant for a, a, a technical, uh, in, you know, a contract job, whatever it was. And I woke up. I couldn't go to the interview. Like, I just couldn't see myself working at Lane Bryant. Fair. I kept calling off saying I was sick. So it was bad. I was just like, why am I doing this? But at the same time, I, my head was also getting pumped because I was talking to people Old Navy. Right. I was doing all this other stuff. I was reaching out. Like, people don't understand the journey that I was on. Like, I, one day, I literally stayed up really late one day. Shout out to LinkedIn. I went on LinkedIn and went on a crazy, like, recruiter. <laughs> I went yeah. on a crazy recruiter run. Like, I was yeah. just recruiting, hitting everybody up. Like, boom, 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 boom. Just messaging people. Saying, mm-hmm. like, yo, I got my resume. Check me out. Like, see my work. Mm-hmm. And one of my dream jobs at the time, I was thinking, I was Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I linked with this lady, Michi Rob. Mm-hmm. 
and she was like the uh, HR talent um, recruiter. Uh, the, yeah, recruiter of, yeah. of Ralph Lauren. And one day it was funny as hell. I was just uh, I was on my way to New York helping my boy Ryan move to New York, and I was just like, "Yo, Ryan, bro, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna email Michi see if she wanna get coffee with me tomorrow." This is fucking at 4 a.m. at night driving to New York City. <laughs> just being stupid. <laughs> that's not stupid. That's boss. That's, boss. that's great. Boss. Yeah, so out of nowhere, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. What else you got to lose? Yeah. Really? She hit me up the next day. Like, hey, let's up. Come to the office. Um, Madison Avenue. Oh, my gosh. I ain't going to lie. I had butterflies. Oh, shit. I'm about to go. To the Ralph, mansion. To Ralph Lauren. We like man, and I shout out and like I'm gonna let people know. I, I had a recruiter, uh, the recruiter on the phone one time told me like it's not Ralph Lauren, <laughs> it's Ralph Lauren. It's, Please don't I, say Ralph Lauren in the interview because they will not hire you. It's Ralph Lauren. He is I not tell friends. people all the time. I'm like it's and not people Ralph always say that a Ralph Lauren. Like it's funny because like I seen a video where I don't know who it was it was either Don C or one of these big celebrity guys. Mm-hmm. And they called him Ralph Lauren. It's honestly, like he is yeah. American. The new Ralph Lauren. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's Ralph Lauren. It's Jay Z's fault. Yeah. It's Ralph Lauren. It, it's, <laughs> it's all Jay Z's fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah. blame Jay Z. But yeah, when I met Mitchie, it was crazy because she really like she's like the biggest boss in, in right. Um, but I just believe everything happens for a reason. And she was just like, you know, Khan, I love your work. I'm very encouraged. To, like I, I want to bring you here so bad, but. Uh, you don't live in New York City. There's a lot of kids out here that Ralph would just hire. Why Why would they hire you? Right. We're actually interviewing a girl from Abercrombie, and we don't even know we want to hire her because we don't. they don't want to pay for her to move out here and stuff. Mm. So at the time, I was, like, really bummed out. I kind of get to a little top of the mountain. And You're finally like, there. You're yeah, at Madison yeah. Avenue. Yeah, it's like you go to you, you fly all the way to Tokyo and your paperwork ain't right, so they send you back. You know, yeah, like yeah. like how uh, Pablo's uh, <laughs> how Tata was trying to leave and they didn't yeah. let it go. That's how I felt. So I was yeah, like, oh yeah. shit. Um, but we kept in touch. Because it wasn't a hard no. It wasn't like you're, yeah, you're, you're terrible. You're, yeah. you're, you suck, leave. <laughs> yeah, but it's so crazy because I have, things happen for a reason. So I, I finessed. You know, I changed my address. And I, I lied to her, told her I moved. You know. And it was, hey man, you gotta do what you gotta. But do. it was crazy because like like people don't understand like like they don't understand this journey. You know what I'm saying? So one day I was like at Abnormal Allies with Craig screen printing shit, and then I which is that. also a local company. Yeah, yeah shout out to Craig. So I get this fucking New York number. I'm like, oh shit, this might be somebody. Yeah. I pick up the girl's like, yeah, we want to get you in for an interview. Da da that. I'm like, all right, cool. So she's like, what are you doing? Mind you, I'm supposed to be living in New York. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just working at this restaurant right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whatever. I love this story. This is so, so great. Then, so then out of nowhere, I'm like, she's like, yeah, uh, can you come in tomorrow? I'm like, you know, I can't. I just can't do tomorrow. She called me on Tuesday. I was like, I cannot do tomorrow. I just, it's really busy. I cannot call off this early like that. Right, so she's right. like, well... I was like, you know what? I was slick, by the way. I was like, like, yeah. So I was this like, is not you know about what? me. <laughs> I was like, how about Friday? And she was like, well, that's like good Friday. It's not really a good time we bring people in the company. How about Thursday? I'm like, all right, cool. Thursday. Thank you. I hit up Lee like, yo, bro, Ralph Lauren called me, bro. I'm about, I'm about to go out there. So this is what I do. I literally go home, pack a bag, hop a China bus, leave at midnight. Nice. Wow. I get straight to New York. Go to Zara, drop three hundred something dollars on suit, wear that shit to the interview, come to the interview. It wasn't an interview; it was just like a meet and greet. Damn it! Like, uh, you know, went back to Zara, 
return my shit. Nice. <laughs> Did not take off the tags. Yep. And then, um, and then it, it kind of got. Then the it started getting kind of bad because then Michi <laughs> told me like, you know, what's really going on, and she's like, Khan, you know, I love you, I care for you, I think you're great, but my time here is done. Like I'm about to retire. I'm like, what? Oh, you're like the oh, only no. person I know that's like that's gonna be able to like kick the doors for me and ride for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, Khan, I'm just in a different place right now. I start. She told me her history was really, really, really dope. Yeah. She's like, when I first started for Ralph Lauren, we were made in the USA. I remember when I used to design, I used to drape dresses, and then my seamstress and everyone would make the dresses. Mm -hmm. And she was at Ralph Lauren when they were made in the USA, and then she said things got different for her when they moved the company overseas, and everything was being made overseas, mm -hmm. and that's when she quit Ralph Lauren. Mm -hmm. But since she's been in the company for so long, they gave her an HR position, mm -hmm. and she's been working there. But, you know... She's been there for a while, and I'll keep, you know. Yeah, because when was the last time Ralph Lauren was made in the USA? Like, exactly. I yeah, mean, like, she's, she was a triple OG. So, yeah, no you know. kidding. And even after when she left, um, we still kept in touch. She That's actually cool. has an online school that teaches students how to make portfolios. And she wow. made, yeah, she, she had me um, submit my portfolio and made me sign some paperwork. Like, it was like some real official shit. And. Mm -hmm. I gotta figure out the website again, but I know that one of my portfolios is used. That's very cool uh, for students to kind of get some ideas, and it's All actually right. like a good uh, thing. It's like she is preparing high school students into like. Mm -hmm. uh, that's another reason why, you know, um, New Yorkers, you know, they they got those resources. And they know people out there, and you know, mm -hmm. they're they're on a step. Like these kids are. They have a, a step up. Yeah, they are a step ahead of a lot of these other kids mm -hmm. that's trying to do stuff, and it's really dope because it's like. I wish I had that type of resource when I was in high school, but yeah. my story is different. Like I went to school when I was twenty-one. I had like a different story. Mm -hmm. Like they actually did an interview about me on Columbus Live about my journey to becoming a fashion designer. Right on. So I had to deal with just not proving my peers wrong. I had to prove my family wrong. Like right. My family didn't want me to do this. They wanted me to be something more secure. So, like a doctor. Yeah, it's typical. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from Vietnam. We're Asian, so you know that typical Same. Asian family. So I'm, I've heard that before. Trust yeah. me. I mean, my, my thing on that, too, is, like, a lot of people, and I don't, that part of your story is definitely, like, that's exclusive to you, but I think yeah. it's a Midwest mentality. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're definitely. always told, like, you have to get something safe, like, don't. With the 401k. Because I mean, my yeah. mom did not want me to be a creative, like, I did, did not want to, she did not want, she wanted me to go to college and be, like, a lawyer or a doctor mm -hmm. or, like, something super safe. Like, she wanted me to be in programs that were, like, honor programs and stuff like that, but you know, it, I think it gives you a like a fuck you mentality that the people that are in, I mean, yeah, in New York, you have to compete. You're in this, you're a small fish in a very large pond. But the difference is there is no pond here. That's the difference Correct. between Correct. us yeah. and someone in that city because they do have those resources and they can go to XX and X and mm -hmm. try to get within that scene. There is nothing here. So we right. have to make our own thing. And yeah. I think that gives so, you yeah, that yeah, yeah. chip on your you gotta shoulder. Build, you got to build everything up. Yeah. And that's absolutely. even like the whole. The whole thing I did when I was at So Class when I first put my project, I mean, my jacket is I, I, I had these buttons that said Real High Player. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yo, what is a Real High Player? I was like, a Real High Player is somebody just represents Ohio greatly. You know what I mean? Right. When I, when I go out of town, these people don't realize I'm from Ohio. they just like, oh, you, what part of New York are you from? Or are you from like the West Coast? I'm like, no, I'm actually from Ohio, like Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And they think it's like farmlands and shit. I'm like, not to be honest with you, it's like, 
It's really There's not. some cool people here. <laughs> yeah. You just got to come check it out. You know? Absolutely. Aww. But yeah, so the, the again, the journey with Ralph was just crazy. Yeah. I had another opportunity for the denim and uh, supply line for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, denim. It was so crazy. So I was in an interview. And shout out to one of the senior designers. I forgot bro's name, but he's from Akron, Ohio. Which was really oh, nice. He came from a uh, guest uh, from L.A. So right. he was like taking on with the denim. And then... um. It was kind of weird. Like I, I think what what it what happens is that you you go on this whole facade of you want to graduate and you want to get a job. And at the time I went on an interview, I was like, "Yo, this is it. I think I'm there." Because Michi still was throwing me oops and stuff. She was still getting me on with like other nice. recruiters and stuff. She was Very cool. doing her part to help me out as much as I as possible. For especially for a lady that don't even know me, honestly, she mm-hmm. just loved me for who I was. Uh, so I got on this interview, and it was crazy. It was like breathtaking i went to the rrl mm-hmm. area i met the uh crave director of rrl i'm talking about his office was fucking sick I was just like, yo, <laughs> anybody who's loved ralph is like yo, oh my god yo, like, so yeah, that'd be amazing so we went on an interview and then he was like yo con come, come in here man like i really like you I, I gotta talk to you i'm like what's going on he's like look man i'm gonna i don't need to tell you this but i like you i really want to be honest with you He's like the reason why we interview we interview you is because we know you're good and like even like when he's in my portfolio he's in the denim I did he, they was just like wow nobody here didn't know how to make denim that's crazy mm-hmm. right and then out of nowhere he's like look I don't need to tell you this but I'm gonna tell you because I really like you I think you're a good kid okay so this is what's going on we had an intern that actually turned down our offer and I was like how much was the offer you know and he told me he didn't have to tell me none of this. He said it was thirty five grand. I said, "Oh shit! Like that's gonna be horrible." To, to live in New York, that's, that's basically exactly. eighteen grand. So I here. felt like, yeah. okay, no wonder why he turned that down. I would have turned it down too. But he was just telling me, like, you know, that's the reason why we interview you. Um, we're gonna keep you in the loop, and so and so. So after that interview, it was kind of like, all right, fuck this. <laughs> uh, I'm tired, man. This is this yeah. is this is too much. Like, right. I, I'm. I'm it's just too much. I'm did they just want it. somebody who was going to just be like, well, I'll do this and then work something else? Is that like... I think what it is is that I got the inside scoop with Ralph. Yeah. Because um, my boy Dax, he was at the time, he's working at Coach in New York. And then he kind of got, you know, things like let go with Coach. And then he took on a freelance gig for mm-hmm. Ralph. Yeah, as much as we love Ralph, they the company's not financially there. Um, yeah. They've been yeah. taking hits, I mean... hits and hits. And then Ralph had to step down. So what a lot of these companies do in New York where they're, like, trying to manage, they, they hire freelancers. Yeah. So hiring freelancers is good because you can get them on a decent pay, but you don't have to give them the benefits. Insurance. Mm-hmm. Insurance, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they do. I think that's where most yeah. big yeah, houses yeah, of, are right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are like they that. Just, I mean, I think even here in Columbus they do the same thing. There's yeah. a lot of people that are just freelancers. Yeah. So the industry, it, it gets kind of rough and shaky. Yeah. Like yeah. you always gotta like my mom always told me you know I'm Buddhist so she always told me like Buddha gave you two hands so your right hand is kind of like your main hand where like you know your education or mm-hmm. like let's say you're a teacher or whatever and then your left hand is like your side hand so if she said one hand don't work out you got the other hand mm-hmm. so I always good had the mentality where if this don't work out I still got my my main thing going on in Ohio mm-hmm. so then I took it to where I needed to do and I was like you know what fuck this Oh yeah, I forgot. Right after, a little bit right after graduation, prior to this uh, Ralph Lauren, I forgot to say, 
uh, about like eight months or stuff right after graduation. I actually interviewed for Urban Outfitters. Okay. Yeah. It was, so it was before Ralph. Yeah. It okay. Was, it was around kind of like a little bit around the same time. Okay. And um, it was cool. They flew me out. It was really dope. Did the project. Um, and just at the time, I didn't notice because I was still naive going in the workplace. But uh, Urban was still building their, uh, they're, they're still trying to structure their, their men's department. Mm -hmm. And um, they end up hiring like uh, a guy, that, uh, they hired a, a girl, I'm sorry, that was just like more, uh, like, you know. Another thing that was tough about it is that I, I only, my only internship I ever had was with Homage. So a lot of mm -hmm. companies, they don't, they want experience. That's a, yeah. But the hardest part is how can you get experience when you don't? When you have no yeah. opportunity to give, uh, so you can get some type of experience. Yeah. So that one didn't go that well, mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna lie, it kind of tanked me. Like I was like feeling really bad. Like it was just like, like trying to get these jobs, and you're like getting left let go all the time. Mm -hmm. and you just kind of ask yourself, like, am I am I that good? Or am I even talented enough to work right. in these companies? So and somebody with the confidence, like you were saying before, yeah, it like, was breaking it me down. You. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. definitely breaking me down. Yeah. And then one day I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like I got something special going on here. Let's focus on that. Um started some stuff with Larry Robertson at co-op um it didn't mm -hmm. go the way I wanted to mm -hmm. because um at the time um the the space you mm -hmm. know it's, mm -hmm. if, if nobody knows the co-op that they, they knocked the whole area down oh they're I know it's build. gone yeah. yeah they're about to so build sad. Like, condos and shit so mm -hmm. so at the time it was tough so then after that um I found a spot on fifth and high mm -hmm. I was like yo this might be it I figured out a situation and I made that into this the the, the made and code gallery uh, it was it was really good. I felt like at first it was kind of a little different because we were trying to get people to figure out where we're at, mm -hmm. and then later on it it was really good. I felt like I had a good run for the culture, um, for the sh for the short north for Columbus. Just just being a a big inspiration for these kids out here too. Where I was still I'm young. I'm like having a shop, having a brand, and actually having a a brand that like I'm having a shop where I'm strictly selling my stuff. Right. Yeah, you're not selling like yours yeah. and then other people's stuff. Exactly. Like, it's just you. So yeah. how long ago? When did the brick and mortar open? It opened March fifth. No, hold on, March fifteenth. Is that like what, no 20? March fourteenth, two thousand fourteen? Okay, I believe so. So yeah. it was open for a little bit. Yeah, it was open for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, again. It's crazy because I don't know how I put this at. Um, I used to get to a point with my myself where I used to put products out mm -hmm. and it would sell out, mm -hmm. and people was like, "Oh wow, you're doing so good." Blah blah blah. But deep inside, I was not happy mm -hmm. um, because I know who I am. I'm a I'm a fashion designer. I'm not like I don't want to just be known for hey he did this graphic shirt, he did this hat, like streetwear. Yeah, so, yeah, I just knew my worth, and after a while, it's just like it was eating me in. Sometimes I think what happened was it was kind of cheesy, but one day I walked into Guess, I mean to Gap, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I picked up this woven, like one of these woven shirts, and I really appreciate the uh, the, the color, the pattern, the plaid, and mm -hmm. everything. And I was just feeling the weight and the structure and everything. I was just like, damn, I would love to. I kind of, I kind of wish I was doing this too. You know, right? Like, you like jealous a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. just like, damn, like. It's actually kind of cool. Right. I could do you this. You know, go yeah. to a store. Hey, I did that. I work on that. Yeah. And, um, you're like, ah. it was eating me in deep inside. 
Um, but you I feel just, like people just you you, did, you weren't getting the respect as a designer that you wanted to get correct, essentially off of that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can understand that because yeah. like the like again like we were talking about earlier the level of like anybody maybe can press up a shirt it won't be maybe the same quality of, of that shirt but anybody can press up yeah, a shirt yeah, design yeah. but not every like they said earlier not everybody can work with denim exactly like that's a whole not other. everybody can fit a shirt properly correct that's true too I but think I think the thing with me is that when I even took upon my made stuff. I knew it was graphics. And it's kind of crazy because you look at Runway now, it's a lot of graphic tees. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's 75% of Runway (laughs) right now is graphic. Yeah, but I try my best to try to do something different. Yeah. Like putting Ohio down the sleeves or like OHIO, Only Hustlers in Ohio, doing a floor Ohio flag, like Mm -hmm. trying to push push it and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So with everything I put myself into designing, it's all organic and always original, always try to be most creative as as well. And even the homies I bring upon me, I, I teach that to them, and they kind of get the idea, and we kind of work as a collective. You know, I still got the home base fan with people I work at the Made in Cold Gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy. It's like one day, I mean, I'm going to honestly tell you the whole story. Uh, I, I like the fact that when I was running a shop, man, I was, being able to, I was able to do what I wanted to do. Meaning right. that if I was, fuck it, I want to go to Tokyo this week, meet up with my boy Ryan, because he was going back to get his paperwork together for school. I mm-hmm. got a chance to go to Tokyo in August. Very cool. Obsessed. Loved it. Crazy. Shibuya. Harajuku. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Lots tired. of inspiration. Oh, amazing. I'm tired. It's just like, I haven't got a chance to dabble with like, I'm going to London and Paris very soon. But as far as like, I'm sorry, Soho. Yeah. Harajuku and Shibuya. Yeah. They got you beat. By for sure. Far. For sure. Yeah. Um, so got going to going to Tokyo, um, dope. Learned so much. Um, appreciating vintage and just appreciating shops. Yeah, Pre- especially the culture of Americana is actually bigger in Japan. They have yes. a bigger. Yes. Yeah, they love. They love they everything love American, they, they especially things that are made in the U.S. Yeah. So now when you go to Tokyo, it's not just. It's like they appreciate all types of cultures mm. over there, and I think the biggest thing uh, that affected that I had a like this this little moment where like like it's, it's kind of like a movie where everything slows down <laughs> so one day i went to this club and it was like the club where like you have the military guys mm-hmm. and you got the business guys shout out to ohio too being from ohio because it was funny like we was waiting in line to use the restroom and somehow uh we talked to some american guys about like some some dudes that were standing there they were like they were talking to my boy ryan mm-hmm. And then Ron was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm actually back here for a year. I graduated from Ohio State, but I'm trying to go to grad school in New York. And this guy in front of him was like, dude, I graduated from Ohio State. It was kind of <laughs> weird, but shout out They're to everywhere. State. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. We're everywhere. My yeah. sister was in Mozambique uh, doing a Peace Corps tour for like two and a half years. Saw Ohio State gear because like they dump. Uh, a lot of like championship gear or whatever oh, yeah, in, yeah. in Africa, <laughs> and it's like it's wild because like I'm she's in from Columbus, she graduated from Ohio State, and she's in Africa in Mozambique, and she walked by somebody wearing an Ohio State T-shirt. That's some wild <laughs> shit. We are everywhere, yeah. literally. So so made uh, the made made NGO gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a gig with Urban Outfitters then, and then the brick and mortar closed. Now, was that like a tough decision for you to make to say like, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this job. I'm going to close down my passion project for now and continue just to sell it online. Was that like a tough choice for you or were you ready to go? Uh, Man, it was tough. 
I've yeah. honestly feel I felt like I had the ability to balance both, but um, we had like some leasing issues, and um, yeah, it was it was really tough at the time. I when I first, uh, it's kind of crazy how everything worked out. Again, uh, it was a Black Friday sale, mm-hmm. and it did. It was successful. It was like my first little Black Friday there. It was really good. I had a good turn out turnout, and then um. I came home, like, I, I got on Urban website, urbn.com, if y'all want to get a job, go to careers, but I went to the UR, uh, Urban website, and I seen a position available for Wovens, and I was like, oh, shit, let me hit up my recruiter, I'm apply for this shit, and I hit up a couple, one of my friends I was currently working at, at the time, she's like, yeah, do it, and then it was crazy, because she assigned me this project, and I was working on the project, and ironically, it happens that I was going to go to Tokyo, like, next week, again, I was obsessed with going to Tokyo for some reason, <laughs> So I worked on my project in Tokyo and I actually sent it out to them and everything. Very cool. And um, the creative, at the time, my creative director, Matt, was just like, dude, like, like, they got us in there. He's like, dude, like, it's a good, they said that this is like one of the best sketch books they ever got in a while. And uh, they sent me, they flew me out again. I really was, you know, I was, I was being, you know, I was like, whatever with it. You know, I'm like, if mm-hmm. I get the job, I get the job. If not, I'm not going to take it serious anymore. It's whatever. Right. <laughs> But again, took the job. Interview was good. Um, actually, it's funny because I talked to Meg, which is like the uh, Dick's wife. She's like the the big boss. Like mm-hmm. Dick started Urban Outfitter, mm-hmm. and it was the history is really dope. Like Urban first started off as Free People. Yeah. Uh, because he named it Free People during the Vietnam War, and after mm-hmm. the Vietnam War was over, he felt like Urban was just a suitable name. Mm-hmm. And his wife Meg took Free People and built it to where it was. Mm-hmm. So again, we were talking about how like. Uh, I think what in an interview, me and her, we was only supposed to talk for 15 minutes. Somehow me and her managed to talk for like 40 minutes. Nice. Just because me, I'm like, just like to socialize and whatever. You but like I, to hear people's stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate her story. And I told her about my story. And then I was talking about like coming from an Asian family, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, that's just not it. Like I experienced that. Like her family, she went for school for journalism. She took a job on, at Urban Outfitters for uh, visual merchandising. Mm-hmm. Somehow, you know, her and Dick got together, whatever. But the rest right. was history. End up getting this job, mind blown. I'm like, oh shit, I really got this job. Um, I don't... It's when you least expect it. <laughs> exactly. They was like, yeah, we uh, we want you to start February first. I'm like, oh shit, that's like in like three weeks. I'm like, cool. Uh, I had a strong team. All the homies back home knew knew what it was. And shout out to Reese. He was just like, yo, you gotta do it. This is what you graduated for. Go for it. I was like, all right, cool. Cool. Had a crazy lit ass going away party. Packed my bag. Drove. Started working for Urban Outfitters. Um, it's it was kind of is working at Urban is really a good humbling experience mm-hmm. because I feel like when when I'm here I do what I want. Right. I, wanna, I I don't have to report to anybody. Mm-hmm. I can I can I control the ball game. Um, working at Urban is building me from the bottom all the way up again. It's mm-hmm. like a restart all over. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's good. I'm learning a lot. Right. Um, my design director is Daniel Cribbins. He actually came for A and F, and he's actually. Uh, from Ireland, but his first gigs was at Abercrombie. Nice. So, like, Columbus mm-hmm. is kind of like his home from, in America, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. You know, so having him there and then just kind of being being myself, the person I am. Yeah. Um, it Stand out. That's just how I always am. So I have a my GM. He loves me, Kobe. He's, like, super, you know, we always kick about fashion and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I was at, I'm in a good place. I like where I'm at. Um, yeah. I start off at Woven's, but eight months down the line, um, I'm in Knits and Denim now. 
Nice. So I started Nits and Dead in October. Uh, I'm grateful because within less than a year, I, I literally, uh, I really ran through three categories already. So mm -hmm. my resume is looking, looking real good. Solid, you know? Yeah. 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 But so, with, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to that. So just the shop thing, like you were yeah. asking me, it was tough because uh, being able to watch over a shop from distance is, is really difficult. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then our leasing situation wasn't going as planned. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like it took a lot of time to kind of realize where. I was just like, let me shift this to online, and I know people are not going to be happy, but I'm, it's a lot. I can't do this. Yeah, uh, no, that's fair. Lot, so, do you think um, this is going to be? This is an interesting question for me because you said that when you were younger, you were selling T-shirts, and this was pre-social media, and you were you had this like hustler mentality, and you still were able to do a lot of stuff pre-social media. Do you think um, even without a brick and mortar? I mean, I'm I'm assuming you're doing just fine. Uh, the business is doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, see, this is the biggest challenge um, as far as my life now. Um, I think what happened was my first few months of living in Philly was just diff difficult. I had mm -hmm. working working with this guy in New York to get shit done, and people don't ever work on your time; they work on their time. Right. And it was just difficult trying to rebalance yourself, trying to find, mm -hmm. like in Ohio, I have printers, I have people I can go to. I, I keep my hats done in New York, I mean in LA, so I still got that plug, but I was just trying to figure out who I can go to. Right. And it, I took a little stop from, from putting out some stuff for a little bit because I was trying to balance that out and also balance work, like this new life that I'm living. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, I actually got my new printing situation set up where I can just be able to print and ship. And, um, but still I have a conflict with that because mm -hmm. I try to run at lunchtime to run to the post office or <laughs> I try yeah. to drop it yeah. off. And it gets overwhelming when you have so many amounts of orders to, to get out. So you're still doing all the order stuff. I'm like, doing all this shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought, I thought that like somebody team. else here yeah, was doing all doing that, had, but you're I doing had, all that. I had a situation when we had the shop, my little brother was helping me out mm -hmm. with doing that. But sometimes you got to handle it, man. You gotta, I'm just the oh type of gosh. person where like, like is this kid that interns for urban right now. And he's been crashing at my place. You're and like, I, can you pack these orders up? Please. Thanks. <laughs> let, me finish, let, me, let me finish telling you the story. So, uh, <laughs> I go to New York week, New York for Fashion Week. He's like, "Yo, uh, he hits me up about how to work the printer." I'm like, "Yeah, go ahead, do that." And um, I was like, "Damn, I came back." He packed up like twenty something orders. I was like, all thankful, like, "Damn, bro, I'm about to take you out to eat, bro." <laughs> <laughs> and I get this email, like, "Yo, I got the wrong size. I didn't order." Oh, I ordered, oh no. no! I ordered a Cleveland hoodie. I got like a Cincinnati hoodie. Uh, Damn. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, I mean. Sometimes I just, I get, I have so much to do where sometimes I don't even want to click on that email and open it up. Cause I was like, <laughs> man, this shit is on fire right now. I'm, like, yeah. I'm trying my best. So if any of y'all customers is listening to me, just understand, like I work at like a full-time job, a full-time creative job. Yeah. And on top of that, I'm trying to make y'all happy. <laughs> it's so not just, easy. Just bear with me because when you get your product, it's like really unique. You'll love it. And yeah. You wear it out, people's going to love it. They're going to want it. So it's cool. So what's what's the next step for made? The next step for made. Um, so it's been in the works. I just never got a chance to really like shift it in there. But I'm planning on putting um, stuff in So Classics. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, so nice. I talked to Deontay. He's on board. He's been on board. I just, you know, sometimes when you, I, I took, I'm chasing this dream. 
Mm-hmm. My dream has always been a fashion designer. May stands for make all dreams exist. I'm I'm a dream chaser. Like I, I want to make everything happen. Yeah. So um, I think working for Urban is a dream. Um, so uh, I just had to hurry up and. When you give up a lot to get to where you need to be now, you take a lot of losses. So yeah. I took a lot of losses. I had to rebalance myself. I had to restructure myself. I had to financially. I'm still financially trying to rebalance myself. Right. But it, it, it takes time, and yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be rightfully done. Uh, we're going to do a, a, a event, of course, um, most likely on Gallery Hop. Um, probably the last time we did, oh, my God, we did a – when I first did the first shop, uh, opening with co-op with Larry and we did a grand our little party at Get Right oh my god it was so crazy we had like the whole stage it's never not yeah we had the whole stage it was some type of altercation oh, oh no I left I left the party early because I was tired but I had nothing to do that shit Kareem was blaming me but this oh, next Kareem. party you know we were probably going to collaborate with Kareem again do a crazy Get Right um but yeah, you know, everybody have fun. No yeah. altercations. <laughs> no altercations this time, please. Yeah, so I'm gonna try to do that. Um, most likely, let's let's try to shoot for. I'm trying to shoot for April or something like that. Right on. Very right. Cool. It could have been sooner than that, but I don't want to. Like, I think another thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be patient, trying to not rush nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Yeah, and yeah. also, you know, I got other stuff I'm working on too. So yeah, I'm trying to work on my officially. Uh, gonna work on my console stuff real soon, so nice. Really excited about that. Um, just try, nice. Again, it's gonna be on the same umbrella, or you're gonna do like uh, something, every, something. Everything's gonna be different. That's what's up. Um, it's Very like, cool. Most likely, it's gonna be a New York based type of thing, East Coast based type of thing. Very but, cool. I have a question for you about the the transition. Not not even transition, but like, so you have been your own boss and the boss of other people. And then now you're kind of under the corporate structure, mm-hmm. but then you're also still got this. Do you find it difficult to balance like the corporate world or it's just like you're trying to learn that skill as well, like be underneath that? I think it's difficult because it's extremely difficult. Like sometimes I go to work, you know what I mean? And the, the, my current boss, you know, she always got some slick shit to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, oh, fuck it. I may ignore this shit. Yeah. Yeah. But. I'm just, I try to be respectful. I'm a goofball. You really know me. I like, I like to clown a lot, but mm-hmm. I try to be respectful. But sometimes there's some things that that she said. I was like, I'm not feeling that. Yeah. You know? yeah. But she's your boss. You got to know how to deal with it. You know? Yeah. So it's a lot of challenges. Um, but it's also good mm-hmm. because you get to see the, you get to, like uh, a few months ago, our creative director had to step down. Right. Mm-hmm. I love this dude. It's funny. He actually like DM me. He's like, "Yo, I just bought something for your site." I was like, "How the hell you find me on Instagram? <laughs> I made two Instagram for this." But, you know, at work, they can't. They're cool. Uh, oh, that was actually a question I wanted to ask you. But finish <laughs> that story. Yeah. So I don't know. You get to see his. You get to see what he did. As far as a guy, love this dude. Mm-hmm. Older dude. Ohio dude, born in Cincinnati. Nice. Mm. Worked for Urban for 14 years, creative director for seven or eight years. I mean, he was on He's, top of his shit. Right. Yeah. Love this guy. He's like big homie of mine. We mm-hmm. had a great connection on my first interview. I still talk to him to this day. Right. I touch with him. But, you know, there's a reason why he stepped down. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you get to see our new changes that we have. Mm-hmm. And... um I think I'm in a good place with Urban because our team is real small. Mm-hmm. Um, it lets me realize how difficult 
getting a job at companies mm-hmm. are because you know in men's the teams are really small oh yeah like they're really small it, women's team is huge but a men's team unless you're like a brand that's just straight that's up men's just women, men's that's doing really good but it's like this industry is really tough right now um so why do you feel like it's it's tough because fashion is tough man like yeah. we're in a we're in a stage of fashion where kids are hype they that they they honestly their minds change every other minute about it's something. not it's not their mind change we're in a moment uh, our fashion moment right now is the best time for people to have brands these yeah. kids are going they like to find online brands yeah. they like to find the underdog guys they like they to like just, to have something that nobody else has correct and yeah. they're just kind of like like long story short like again uh, I think I'm gonna jump the gun for Rita even asking me that question. <laughs> uh, so I linked up with this in, the the current intern shirt, uh, the kid Najim that's intern at Urban right now. He's great. He's a great kid. He's into photography, whatever. So I had this pink can, pink range uh, jean jacket. He's like, he's, you know, he's just down to shoot. I love this dude. He's just ready to shoot whenever. So we went on a photo shoot. Blah blah blah. blah. Somehow, um, that outfit I had on made on Snapshots, and that's powered by Heisa Body. Yeah. Uh, so when I dropped these uh, champion flips with the Columbus and the fuck off, uh-huh. whatever, yeah. um, my my shit made on what's dropped now, and that's powered by Heisa Body. It's like what they feature, what items are dropped, but it's kind of weird because they cater to like the like international um, mm-hmm. setting because the prices is in like euros, it's mm-hmm. not in like U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's, I was fucking scared. I was like, oh, fuck. It's going to be way too much attention. No, it's not that. No, it's I know, champion. No, no, it's not champion. No? It's just that I know for a fact that Urban. That's what I was going to ask there, you. We go to that site a lot to look at what's dropped now. Like, what's, what's some good stuff to, to look for? And mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck. Because, like, when you scroll up, it was Urban Outfitters. Like, they was featuring items from Urban Outfitters. Mm-hmm. Then you scroll down, some random shit. Then you scroll down, it's made by NGO. I was like, oh, damn it. This is crazy. Um, but people don't realize what I'm doing. is like they feature hoodies that said Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, and then the fuck-offs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, I was just like, that's another thing I don't get. It's like people can shade this Ohio thing. But you got to do it correctly. Don't get me wrong. But then it bothers me when people are wearing like only NY and they're not even from New York. You That's, get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, that, Brandon, Brandon feels very strongly about this. Like, <laughs> I never understood why people would wear, like, New York hats. You're not from New York. Exactly. What are you doing? But it's people that's not even from New York that wear only New York. Yeah. So the fact that I put Columbus, like, Ohio on the map of Let's Drop Now, Powered by High Somebody, I was just like, that's dope. I think I did something really dope for I'm from. So yeah. my question actually was... Oh, I'm sorry. Is it a conflict? Right. <laughs> she had to say you did accent. not jump she the gun. Put, oh, she man. put that really hard on actually too. Yeah, yeah, conflict <laughs> of interest. Yeah, the conflict of interest stuff. Um, uh, do you so, have a, a non-compete with Urban because you have your own brand or do they not care about that? Oh, man. We're getting into details. <laughs> we may have to cut that, that part of it. <laughs> no, no. It's cool. We, we talk about it. Well, when I first interview at Urban, um, the old senior designer, Jay, he was just like, he has his own little thing too. Okay. So I told Jay, I was just like, yo, Jay, I was really nervous about presenting what I did on the side. Um, and I thought Urban wouldn't like that. He's like, um, a lot of corporate companies don't. Right. But I like it. I was like, what? How come do you like, like, how come you like this? Like the fact that I have my own thing. And Jay said something to me that actually 
made a lot of sense. And he's like really a good, like really a, he's a great designer. He's doing his own brand now mm-hmm. in New York. Um, but he was just like, see, a lot of people they they work they work in this type of field, and they just work here. And then when they get home, they just live a their their regular lives or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said, I like the fact that you have your own thing is because it lets me know that even though you leave work at on on your off days or on the weekends or or whenever, you're still creating. creative. You're still being creative. Your brain is still creatively thinking. You're you're not just setting your your brain on a hold over the weekend and go barbecue and hang out your shorty or whatever you know right. some people they just go back to their normal lives right and i've seen that happen a lot like when i bought my surger from one of the guys that i met on craigslist from ohio he mm-hmm. actually was a technical designer from guest and he went to ccad um and he sold all his equipment he's like i just do technical design and i'm just dabbling with that with photography and he's like i just lost in touch with fashion so i'm selling all my equipment so it does it happens to certain people mm-hmm where they just get to a point where, hey, they, they're they very comfortable with their life. They are married or they have paycheck. a girlfriend. It's, it just becomes a paycheck. Yeah. And it doesn't become a lifestyle or like something they love anymore. So the fact that I do that, I just feel like I'm I'm helping out as far as still being creative. Yeah. Um, the process of that, I mean, not a lot of companies are not going to really want that. But, you know, as long as you don't really, you know, boast and brag about it. Like I'm... From urban, but I'm also doing it like you yeah, know yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But yeah. the thing with me is that my shit was on what's driving out organically. Yeah, yeah. Um, some people wear my stuff. Like, so there's actually some people. My p uh, my p uh, pd lady at where she bought a hoodie. She's nice. Like I bought one from your side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, my thing is like too the the difference between urban and like a lot of companies is that they sell other companies there too. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't under, I couldn't understand why they wouldn't want a homegrown person doing that. Cause they could potentially buy from you at some point. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, was going to say that too. Yeah. Do they, have they looked into buying your line and carrying it at urban or is uh, that something you want to do with them? It, I, I haven't got a chance to talk to them about that. Yeah. It's just one of those things where I'm like, let me just not even talk. <laughs> don't about even poke that. the bear. Yeah. Yeah. But I got some major ideas that mm-hmm. I want to do for Urban. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to CCAD making us so like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sweatshops or something. But <laughs> uh, it, I do appreciate that I'm an amazing, talented. Uh, I'm good at sewing. Mm-hmm. So my our new uh, creative director, Lauren, she's seen a lot of the stuff that um, right on that I that I have done and like just putting stuff together. Mm-hmm. So I told her about how we have this Urban Renewal thing and women's, and they always put it up, and it's like within like 10 minutes or so it out mm-hmm. so i want to be doing presenting like an urban renewal collection for urban as well so mm-hmm. i don't know how that's going to work but i want to pitch the idea of like you know taking shit and just breaking it down and remaking it like nice. some dr romanelli type shit you know nice so very cool in an ideal world so do you want to just design have your own house or would you like to design for like a major house so that's the thing um i'm realistic and I put myself in goals. I break everything down in goals. Mm-hmm. So if it does get to a point where I start my own little line and I just become the next Alexander Wang or some shit, yeah. then damn, I'm gonna sure. go straight for it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm. You know, it's it's kind of crazy this how this universe works. Mm-hmm. Um, my boy Nari is a designer. Um, oh, I know Nari. Yeah. 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 So Nari, like, uh, I think. When I had the ad at Columbus Alive, he read about it and he heard about me. And then we just, he's like my big brother. We, I have a, 
really close relationship. He's kind of like, he mentors me a lot with mm-hmm. these type of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me one day, he's like, yo, like, the lady at Milkmaid Studio wanted to meet you, bro. I said, Milk Studio? Milkmaid? That's when they do all the fashion. Uh, they got yeah. Like, yeah, so I was like, how come? He's like, yo, like, she's one of the co-founders. And she's actually in Cleveland, Ohio. she been keeping up with you and she's like we're everywhere again exactly we're everywhere don't ever ever think you're not from Ohio you can't be everywhere but uh, yeah so that was dope so I was like yo I want to come correct when I present her my shit right and then also just again being at CCAD when I was there I was my focus was it was a lot going on for me but I remember I was doing projects for CFDA and some of my stuff got selected but I didn't finish editing it like I should have and mm-hmm. it never was there but also trying to meet people at CFDA and mm-hmm. it's just different because in that fashion world in New York City you gotta present meet new people uh, I got friends that are designers it's 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 scary the money and investments and stuff so mm-hmm. if it comes along the line where financially things get better something, something kicks in mm-hmm. I blow up then I definitely would shoot for that route mm-hmm. but right now I'm at Urban and I think my my goal, my plan A is to just level up. Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, there's always like more adventures down the road for me to jump into. Of course, of course. This, yeah. yeah, so this yeah. fashion thing, you just jump everywhere, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind being a design director one day or even go to being a creative director. Mm-hmm. But plan B, if that's successfully, I want to be like a big house name as well. Like yeah. some Alexander Wang yeah. type shit. But, Right you know, on. You always got to set goals and be realistic with the ones you set. Yeah. Right? yeah so right. the design director, it's more realistic in my in my way. But if I launch this, if I launch a small collection and this is in a different playing field, this is like a bigger playing field. So if it gets to the right places and it blows up, then mm-hmm. I'm just going to. Then who knows, yeah, right? I'm just going to ride who knows with what it. Next? Yeah. Ride the way. All right. Well, so we have to wrap this up, but cool. I want to ask you. Uh, something we ask everybody that comes on the podcast is what are your three advice to your younger self? I mean, I know you're like still young. Talk to myself? Like, yeah. If you could thing. like go back and just say, here's what you need to know. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. First and foremost, save money. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good one. Yeah. Just financially know how to balance yourself. I'm never really good at that. Um, to this day, I'm trying to do my best. We like shoes too much. You know, I mean, you saw the probably the yeah, rack I over seen there, the <laughs> Chicago ones, and all that shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, just you know, save money, um, and just know how to, you know, you got something you want to do, save your money because having some money to do stuff is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. so I would definitely do better job at financially saving some better money. Um, my second thing. Uh, I think never be afraid to uh, know your worth. Where you, if 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 you are a talented person, this goes with anybody that's listening, that's 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 doing something. Yeah. If you're a talented person and you're a musician or a designer, and you know deep down inside, there's nothing wrong with leaving Ohio to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared to do that. Mm-hmm. There was a time where I I should have left New York a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But after thing hap- everything happens for right. reasons. But right. sometimes if you know what you're worth and you know this this lifestyle you want to choose is... Not here. Not just saying it's not here, mm-hmm. 
But it's like there's some people that would just sit there and tell themselves, like, I just want to be a musician. Yeah. And they prefer having a less paying job and just focus on the musician route, which is not wrong. Like, if that's your dream to be a musician, do it. But I feel like, because it's from Columbus, I'm talking about from a perspective of being from Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just feel like if you have an opportunity to go to New York or LA, why not just take a little low paying job out there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you never Focusing. know. You never know who you're going to meet in New yeah. York City with the talent of music that you do or whatever yeah. talent you do. Right. So that's if you have an opportunity to chase, like, like just go for it and don't be afraid to take that step. And I think the the, the thing that I, I felt like, my third thing, of course, is uh, I don't know. I I really, when I graduated college, I did not have, I did not have the, the, the people around me that, that we, like my boys, I, I went to, I graduated from Beechcroft, so it's like a Columbus public schools. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have friends that we, we didn't discuss about what colleges we ex- got accepted to or what college are you going to next. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think what I what what I would have suggested is that being able to utilize uh, the scholarships and the college and stuff. Because mm-hmm. when you graduate yeah, I mean, college, exactly. you got those student loans and you know some yep. there's little things you could do when you're in high school to kind of help out the bigger thing when you become an adult. So mm-hmm. I may have to add that to my three. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should probably add that to that. mine too. My yeah. goodness. I'm so if I would have taken those. advantage of stuff that I should have taken advantage of in high school, it yeah, would have been a much better been situation. Straight. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that, yeah. Those are the top three. Oh, right yeah. on. Cool. Well, Con, thank you so much. Right, thank Yo, you, thanks for having me here. Uh, you guys so, me at a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if anybody wants to buy product, where do they go? They go to... Go to madebyngo.com, www.madebyngo.com. Okay. Um, follow me on my Instagram, madebyngo. I have another personal Instagram where I take like pictures that I just take randomly and mm-hmm. travel pictures. Go to uh, follow me at Real Ohio Player. And right um, Damn, yeah, I think I'm following that one. I gotta, yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta follow I just one. found that one actually. Yeah. That yeah, one is so. exclusive. I actually <laughs> was kind of crazy because I made it just strictly for like I was gonna make uh, this traveling Instagram. I was gonna take photos, right? And then I was like, I got this job. I was like, you know what? This is the Instagram I give people at work. Yeah. Uh, you know that's I mean? good. That's smart, so, smart thing. Smart. Yeah. So even like all the big dogs and everything, they follow me on there. But yeah. somehow my old creative director found my baby. We already talked about that. This deep dive, deep dive into Instagram. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Khan, thank you so Off much. And uh, good luck with everything. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah for so. sure. Okay, so that was Khan, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad that he came. Wow, she's from Wisconsin now. <laughs> I'm just really happy that he came and hung out with us and, and shared with us a little bit about his story, which was amazing and I can't wait to see what he does next. Honestly, I think it'll be great. And um, he's gonna keep building, man. He's gonna keep building, and it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Look at and, his history. He's, he's got a history. Of I it. mean, that's a really inspiring story. Yeah. Um, and we've been very fortunate here to be to be able to be privy to all these really inspirational uh, stories about people, and and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Um, and if you guys know of anybody who uh, you feel like might be a great fit for our pod or, or that uh, could maybe benefit from getting some more eyes on what they're working on, send us an email. Let us yeah. know and we, we'd be we'd more love, than happy. We'd to... love to have them on the show. We love yeah. story. We love we, we love storytellers. We love a really great story and we love storytellers. And I think that people can benefit 
um, from learning other people from other people's experiences, and, sure. and that's that's part of why we're here. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we haven't done a "Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is" segment in the last couple of weeks, and we'll do one this time. Um, partly to commemorate the fact that Ohio hasn't seen an actual winter in the past two years. Um. So this week, the "Put Your Money Where Your Mouth Is" is for the NRDC, which is the Natural Natural Resource Defense Council, mm-hmm. and I think it's. I think they're important right now, um, especially because the EPA is is now being led by somebody who is a proven climate change denier. And I don't know, man, it, I think it's just really scary right now. I think that mm-hmm. these people don't believe that the earth can literally fall apart and we won't have clean water and we won't have clean air and it's going to be in our lifetime. And I think that's really scary. Uh, what I, I will say too, even, you know, if people don't believe as you and I do about how climate change is, you know, you can believe whatever you'd like to believe, but I will say we can all agree on, I I feel that when you watch uh, emissions from cars, when you watch emissions from buildings, uh, when you watch emissions from uh, poultry or power plants plants or uh, cattle farms, Every action has a reaction. We all know this is true. The There's actions a consequence, that we take, right? For sure. And so even if you don't believe in, in the climate change aspect, because I feel people get caught on that too frequently, right. and then they start denying that we have any impact on the world, which is not true. Um, any action that you take is going to have a reaction. And we can definitely see that this is stuff that we're, in, we're impacting the uh, earth with. So even if you are on the fence about climate change, disagree that uh, climate change is existing. Um, I hope that you go take a look at that website just so that you can understand that we are having an impact and hopefully contribute towards trying to lessen that impact, uh, the carbon footprint, footprint. if you will, as well. Um, You know, I, I think that that's, even if you don't agree with those other aspects, that's something that we can all agree on is that we do have an impact wherever we go and anything that we do in life. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, speaking of carbon footprints this week, we, um, well, not we, but I ordered from jennies.com. Wow, that was a shift. <sighs> yes. Well, there's a reason why I've shifted. So mm-hmm. anyways, I ordered from Jenny's. This is the first time I've ever ordered um, Jenny's ice cream uh, online to order pints and um we have a million jennies around here we have a million jennies in columbus so why am i ordering pints online but i did because they were on sale and they were some of my favorite flavors um but anyways the reason why i'm saying that is because it came in a box that had a little a note inside of it that says that you can ship the box back Mm. you can ship the box back they even give you a little return label and I'm sure, like, I'm probably the last one to know about this because, again, like, I have never ordered Jenny's online for myself. I've ordered Jenny's online for other people. It makes a great gift, y'all. But um, I don't order it for our, for our household. So to be able to see that they send you this big, bright orange box that has a cooler in it, mm-hmm. and it comes with a little note that says you can reduce your carbon footprint and our carbon footprint by shipping this box back. Mm-hmm. They even give you a return label for it so then they can reuse the box, which I think is amazing. Yes. You know, yeah. like to to have a company at that scale to think that far to say, just ship us the box back. We've already paid for you to ship it back so we can reuse this box for other people. So we're reducing our carbon footprint mm-hmm. is amazing. And those are the small things that you can do. 
you know, okay, so like you don't believe in climate change. All right. But you, you, you can believe that landfills are filling up and that's causing for other problems. Yes. Trash is a big problem here. So, you know, people don't recycle or they, they don't understand what they can and cannot recycle, like all that stuff. And so to see a company take that step and say, uh, yeah, you guys can just ship that box back to us. Because, like, how many times have we gotten something in the mail? Not just us, but like whoever's listening from Amazon or who, wherever else you guys shop or, like, the HelloFreshes of the world when you get your weekly box meals. Mm-hmm. And there's just this giant box sitting there, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can recycle it. Yeah, you can reuse it for something else in your own home. But how many times you actually do that? And I wish that more companies would take the stance that Jenny's take with that and say, hey, here's a here's a mailer to ship it back to us. Mm -hmm. Just ship it back to us so we can reuse it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's that's awesome. So anyways, that's kind of a tangent. But I thought that that was a really great example of how to reduce carbon footprint. And um, I think that more companies should should do that. I think companies should take that that initiative and say, well, you know, Who's really going to need this box to ship it back to us? We'll use it for somebody else. I think mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, shout out to Jenny. But so, the, yeah, the, again, the the put your money where your mouth is um, this week is for the NRDC, the Natural Resource Defense Council. NRDC.org mm-hmm. is their website. And you guys can read up on all the different things that that they're doing to protect our environment and our earth and what you can do to help them do that. Whether it's money, whether it's volunteer, whatever it is, um, make sure you guys check that out. And again, you know, if you guys if you guys are open to believing that global warming is real, I am also open to Kanye West being a designer. You know, just <laughs> Bring saying. Me back. I'm just saying, if you guys are open to that, then I can be open. Or if I can be open to Kanye West being a designer, then you can be open to the idea that global warming is real. Yeah. True story. Anyways, that's all for Remember to Floss this week. But next week, we have um, an interview with a very lovely lady who is not only an artist, but she is also working uh, for a certain senator here in Columbus, Ohio, which is pretty great. She works for Congress, and that's awesome. We're going to talk to her a little bit about how she got there and why that she decided that, that was something she wanted to do, and also about her artwork, which is going to be really exciting. So... Um, tune in next week to remember to floss again if you guys you know want to weigh in on my argument with Brandon about Kanye then please do email us at hi at remember to floss.com also at remember to floss blog at gmail.com if you are on Facebook we are on Facebook as well um, that's Facebook